You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. UTEP fans, it's time to get ready for Minor Talk with Adrian Brodus and Selmo Tess. Minor Talk is presented by the Oscar Dieta Agency. Seven locations across El Paso, celebrating 24 years of serving the Sun City and Legacy Wellness Center CBD. Call into the show at 880-5763 or tweet the show at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Now, let's go live to the Lubingo Studios with your host, Adrian Brodes. All right, welcome back. Minor Talk is live. Florida Atlantic defeats UTEP 28 to 25. 880-5763, that's our telephone number as we get started here on Minor Talk 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter, online 600 ESPN El Paso.com. A lot of tweets pouring in, a lot of upset minor fans. UTEP drops to 6-2 and two on the season. Look, I understand why people are frustrated. First off, no, UTEP did not break their Eastern time zone streak. They are now 0-26-1 all-time in Eastern time zone games. When is it going to end? When is that streak going to finally end? for the Miners, and when can they finally get that Eastern time zone win? They just can't travel to that time zone very well at all. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency here on Minor Talk. When it comes to any type of insurance, there's only one agent that we trust here on Minor Talk, and it's the Oscar Arieta Agency. I've been a proud customer of the Oscar Arieta Agency since I've been in college. Nothing crazy, not a hard process at all. Just went to them, showed them my budget, uh, told them what I needed when it comes to my auto insurance policy, and the Oscar Arieta agency met my budget and continues to help me feel safe when I'm on the road. Take it from a locally owned insurance agent like the Oscar at the agency. There's a reason why they've helped thousands of El Pasoans with all their insurance needs. You can check them out online at the Oscar at the agency. Dot com. In this game, the Miners had a chance. They they played really – I felt like at times they outplayed Florida Atlantic, uh, Sal, and I feel like UTEP just could not execute offensively to keep up enough. I, I like the fight that they showed late in the game to hang with Florida Atlantic and uh, come from behind a little bit, score 15 points in the fourth quarter. I mean, really – 15 points in the last three minutes to try to come back in this one and make it a game. Uh, not only did they cover in this one, which was hilarious. I mean, they're down 28 to 10. They score a touchdown, get the two point conversion. Uh, they cover the spread uh, down 10 and then they score a touchdown after getting an onside kick. But let's be honest in this one, it was a, a blown defensive assignment late in the first half that allowed Florida Atlantic to score late in the first half, take the 14 14- 10 lead at the break and it was also that interception early in the second half that went in the hands in and out of the hands of Justin Garrett uh, mm-hmm. and in Florida Atlantic's hands they they uh, end up capping off that drive after the turnover with a touchdown run by Nikosi Perry um, that was 21-10 at that point that swung a lot I mean UTEP could have even taken the lead if they had uh, you know executed on that drive and said they throw an interception early in the second half and uh, mm-hmm. I felt like that was just deflating 
fighting, Sal. Yeah, I think what we saw here is a lot of uh, old habits coming back in the sense. I mean, you you look at uh, the sense of urgency in the end, and uh, I'll start off late and then go back to the beginning. But uh, what I'm referring to right there is just not being ready, you know, when it when it's crunch time, when it's um you, you don't have any timeouts left. And they put themselves in that position a lot as well. Uh, let me answer this. I'll, uh, I'll give you more thoughts. Okay, got you, Sal. I appreciate that. 880-5763. That's our telephone number if you'd like to weigh in. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. We already got calls coming in, and Sal is, uh, Sal's over here answering some calls. Look, here's how I look at this. UTEP's offense is very suspect. The defense broke down today at times, and uh, this defense has been very stout all year long. It's tough because you give the defense a ton of credit for what they've done all year long, but they broke down at times today. Florida Atlantic is not a very good team, and they still won this game. I understand that Dana Dimmel believes that his team was better and that the better team did not win tonight, but all of this might not even matter, and and I hate to say this right now. I know minor fans are still upset about this loss. All this might not matter right now because because all that matters is the game on Saturday against UTSA. That is for the Conference USA West. Let's be honest right now. The way it's bro- broken down, UTSA is 4-0 in the West, uh, actually in Conference USA. UTEP is 3-1. UAB is 3-1, but they haven't played UTSA yet. So if you if you think the Blazers could have a chance to lose that game against UTSA, and if UTEP were to beat the Roadrunners, maybe they could run away with the West. They still have that chance. So, um, you know, tonight they lose 28-25 on uh, enemy territory, but it still feels like UTEP is very much in the mix to try to contend for at least the Conference USA West or at least a share of that title. 880-5763, that's our telephone numbers. We continue. Let's go out to Boca Raton. It's our friend Colin Deaver who's joining us from KTSM News. Uh, you can check out his great coverage on his Twitter page. Check it out on KTSM.com and uh, follow Colin on his journey as he's out there right now in Florida. Uh, Colin, you you were there. You were on ground level. What's the morale like right now with the team? Uh, surprisingly good, honestly. I mean, I know Dana Dimmel said similar comments in his radio interview as he said to myself and Brett Bloomquist of the El Paso Times. I mean, they feel like they should have won the football game. Um it's hard to argue with them in some respects. I'm sure you went over it. They they outgained uh, they outgained FAU by over 200 yards on offense. I mean, they, let's be honest. FAU scored an absolute gift of a touchdown with yeah. that with that partisan interception, and then they fumbled into the end zone and were fortunate enough to recover it. I mean, you take that off the board. Obviously, UTEP wins. Uh, the Beckley field goal that was missed in the third quarter. I mean, there's there is a legitimate argument to be made that UTEP should have won this football game, but. It reminded me, honestly, Adrian, of the Louisiana Tech game from last year. I don't know how much. You yeah, remember. that's yeah. a good one. That's a really good one. They were yeah, in that they, game, they, and they may, they should have won that one. Yeah, and they, I mean, this FAU team for most of the game really didn't. They didn't really make any offensive plays. I mean, there was the there was the first touchdown on the short field. Obviously, the the fourth and one bomb to end the half. Um, and then I guess there was like that flea flicker play. And I mean, was, I, I only remember one sustained drive by Florida Atlantic's offense tonight, um, which credit to UTEP's defense for, for stepping up um, the way that they did. But, and you know, it was, it was interesting to, to see the miners um, mount that, mount that comeback, obviously I had a chance to win the game there late, but um, you know, just, you can't rely on, you can't rely on that. I mean, you have to make plays throughout the game. Um, you can't rely on a miracle. Um come back to win a game on the road so um they were in it they and we i think we all expected them to to be in it and have a chance but uh certainly disappointing but they were all positive i mean they 
we're ready to turn the page to, to UTSA already. So. Colin, you've been on the train of college game day to El Paso. I know this one isn't the greatest, you know, in terms of getting that resume up, but I'm not also saying it's the worst thing. I still feel like the UTSA side of things, uh, bringing in an unbeaten team to the Sun Bowl, uh, you look at the UTEP side of things, there are only two losses on the year. Uh, they could still have a chance at getting at least a share of that, uh, you know, that the division or even taking the division outright. I, I know it's a stretch, but I, I don't feel like like it's totally out of the picture game day in El Paso. I'm not trying to rally up a lot of people and, you know, go, you know, too far into this, but I, I do still think this, this is a possibility. I, I agree with you. I, I think it's obviously much less of a possibility than it was um, pregame. Um, I think it was, I mean, I was sure. basically told it was, it was a legitimate possibility had UTEP won this game that that game day was going to be coming here. I mean, it was, you know, they had in paperwork wasn't signed or anything, but right. there was, there had been some talks, and that this you now this was this was more than just like a social media like pipe dream, which is basically what it started as. I mean, this was becoming a legitimate possibility had UTEP won the game, and I do like I I agree with you, and I said I said it in one of my, one of my reports for tonight. Like, I still think it is a possibility, but um, certainly it's it it doesn't help their case that they lost. But Dimmel said this post game um, to myself and Brett, like. The fact that they lost makes it arguably a bigger game from UTEP's standpoint because you know, you don't, you're coming home to play the number 23 team in the nation off a loss, and you don't want to turn that into a losing streak and kind of have things snowball here um, with one month left in the season. Sure. No, that makes total sense. Hey, Colin, uh, before I let you go, what's next for the Miners? How do they regroup, especially offensively? What, what do they get for, uh, you know, how do they get some more juice offensively? That's a great question. And, and you look at the numbers, and they're not that bad. I mean, it's, it's, which is the craziest thing to say is I felt like for long stretches of that game, they were anemic offensively. And they outgained Floyd Atlantic by almost 200 yards. It was like they were up over 430 yards. Obviously, a lot of that was late when they were trying to come back. Yeah, and, that was, that's, that's exactly it, right. I mean, yeah, so, I mean, you look at the stats, it's maybe a little bit misleading there, but I don't know. I mean, they couldn't get the running game going pretty much at all. Um save for a couple of Hankins runs. The AWOT had one in the first quarter. Um, they, they couldn't get it going. and Yeah, the ground you know, game's I, tough. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that, coming into the season, that's what we were expecting them to kind of be their, their, um, their strength, and it, it, doesn't, it hasn't totally been that way um, so far this year. So, I, don't, I mean, I, I'm not a, I would never claim to be a, an offensive coordinator for a college football team. I, I, I would definitely uh, give my – you know, pass it off to, to, to Dana Dimmel and, and Dave Warner on that. But, you know, something has to change because, you know, you can't go through stretches of, of play like this um, where you just, or you just can't move the football the way they were. Because that, and that, that's one of their missed opportunities. I mean, you, defense was setting them up pretty well for a lot of the game, and um, they, just couldn't, they just couldn't capitalize. I love it. Hey, man, I, I really appreciate the analysis. I love the, the fact that you called in all the way out in Boca Raton and uh, appreciate all the great work that you do out there with KTSM. Uh, everybody check out Colin's great work online, KTSM.com. Check out his Twitter. Also, Colin Deaver on Twitter. Colin, appreciate it again, man. Thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate you guys, as always, for, for having me. Have a good night and have a good show. All right, safe travels, Safe travels. Colin.
All right, 880-5763 as we continue here on Minor Talk, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter and online, 600 ESPN El Paso.com. A lot of tweets to get to, but before we do that, Sal, uh, any thoughts on what Colin was saying and just kind of everything that we've been talking about so far? Yeah, it's it's a misnomer when you look at the numbers because uh, at the end of the day, and and before I mention the numbers, it's kind of hard to see what they are because there was an error, whoever was running the, uh, the actual stat, I know we're having Broadcast. to Google. We're we, Googling all we, this. We don't have I don't have any numbers, so I'll get that link from me right now. But um in terms of that, when you, you look at the final numbers, it doesn't really represent how the game flowed, but at the end of the day, the Miners were still able to give themselves a chance. Um, and uh, I know that I had to answer and I didn't get to finish my point, but uh, when it came to that sense of urgency and just being aware of what you're supposed to do, where you're at, things like that, the Miners didn't really have a good uh, good sense of awareness in that regard. And also, throughout the game, they didn't really help themselves out to uh, to live uh, to fight another day. It's kind of like, you know, hey, you get a first down and then, oh, it's a false start. Oh, right. there's this penalty, and now it's first and long. And uh, that's just one part of the of the equation that didn't help out the minors. But that's just what sticks out to me the most. I'm trying to look up the, the – unfortunately, I don't have penalty uh, stats. I did okay. find out early on into the game that there were like seven penalties for 54 yards. So no clue on what the penalty yeah. count is once it's all said and done. But uh, uh, we'll, we'll look – I, I mean, it was high, Sal. It was it yeah. was frustrating to see you know the little errors that were happening. And I don't know if I agree that UTEP should have maybe won this game. I found it. What, what was it, uh, Sal? The penalties, it was 12 to 9. Um, pretty – Pretty close in yardage, uh, but here's a couple things, Adrian, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but no, I there, got you. there were about two or three unsportsmanlike conduct penalties that came after um, the play, and all it really affected was field position, not so much um, um, the yardage, if that makes sense. And what okay. I mean by the yardage is um, yardage on down. So it didn't become like a first and long. It was just first down, move back 10. You got to start 10 yards further instead of it being first and 15 it was first and 10 but five yards away from where it was originally supposed something like that just an idea so that sticks out to me the most but uh also the um the turnovers as well two ints for utep and another thing too and then i'll pitch it back over to you but i think there were about two touchdowns I'll, ha- I'll have to look through the archives but two touchdowns today that came on the heels of a fourth down conversion so yeah i mean you're you're exactly right so First off, with that, so that, that late drive in to end the first half, the way that they got that fourth and one, and then they score on a 39-yard touchdown pass from Nikosi Perry to his wideout, I mean, that's just frustrating right there. If you're UTEP, just allowing that touchdown right before the end of the half, that was very key right there. I mean, uh, coming out of the, the half again, Hardison had an interception. It was right through Justin Garrett's hands. FAU turns around. They score 21-10. They score again at the beginning beginning of the fourth quarter make it 28 10 uh, and then UTEP starts to score they had, have a touchdown in garbage time let's call it what it was I mean it was three minutes to go late in the fourth quarter they had a touchdown with a two-point conversion it was 28 to 18 they had they get the onside kick which by the way Mark Ramos big shout out to him great job on that onside kick then they score on a 49 yard touchdown pass from Hardison to Tyron Smith that was also uh, you know a really really big play because they desperately 
desperately needed something like that. Florida Atlantic had it. Then they punted it to UTEP. The Miners had it with 36 seconds to go. All they needed was a field goal, but they had a ways to go, uh, you know, to go uh, and try to kick the field goal on this one. You go back to the missed field goal by uh, Gavin Beckley earlier in this game, and you wonder the ultimate what if. What if he had made that one and they were tied in the first place? But no, that's not the case. Uh, UTEP get, got it with 36 seconds. They did not know what to do. They could not execute on any of those plays, and that was the game right there. UTEP, uh, the, the clock ran out, and they just simply did not have the time. UTEP's offense is is suspect. I, I, I guess sometimes I like the passing game, but other times I'm worried about it. And I, I don't know if it's necessarily yeah. Hardison, or sometimes it just seems like he's not in sync with his receivers. Today, uh, you heard from Dana Dimmel. He believed that Cowing was held on multiple occasions today, yet he finds Justin Garrett seven times for 110 receiving yards. Tyron Smith leads the way, four catches, 114 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Uh, that's the standout for me. Uh, there were multitude of guys who, who actually caught passes today. James Tupo, uh, Trent Thompson, who had also a touchdown on that tight end screen early in the game. Deion Hankins had a pair of catches. So he spread the ball around. It just, I, I don't know, Sal, 46 pass attempts. That's mm-hmm. the highest total pass attempts of the year for Gavin Hardison, and it simply wasn't enough. They could not establish a ground game. They couldn't execute or finish drives, and that's the biggest thing for this minor team is not being able to complete drives when they enter enemy territory. Yeah, and if they do enter enemy territory, more than likely it's going to end in three points as opposed to a touchdown. Right. And that's the the curse that this team has been trying to break. And and a fun uh, fact, I think it was against Old Dominion, that's a game where they were able to enter the red zone and get more touchdowns than field goals. And we saw how how they were able to um, sustain that lead um, up until a point in the fourth quarter, but they were able to sustain, sustain that momentum because of them being able to finish those drives with points. And reminiscent of the Old Dominion game uh, also, Adrian, uh, sure. reminded me the end of the first half. The, and also uh, New Mexico, although it ended in a field goal, but time expired. Same thing. And what I'm getting at is these teams are able to go on these long drives with – under a minute left, basically, or near a minute, and get points where the Miners have the momentum, but then the opposing team scores, and going into the locker room, it's kind of like that momentum has shifted, and UTEP just not being able to help themselves out there. And the crazy thing about this game is you could look at a variety of aspects, whether it be the missed field goal, allowing touchdown um, near the end of the first half. Whichever one you want to point out, none of those helped out the Miners, and that shows how close they were to having this game um, be on the left side of the column. Man, it's brutal. It's brutal when you break it down that way. 8805763, that's our telephone number. A lot of tweets to get to. If you want to weigh in on this one, we'd love to hear from you. 8805763, what do you think about this game? Tweet us your reactions to the game. Tell us what you thought about Florida Atlantic's 28-25 win over UTEP. And how do you feel about UTEP going into next week against number 23, the ranked UTSA Roadrunners? And that one will be televised on ESPN 2, 8-15 start. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. Let's get to some tweets. UTEP Mineto checks in on Twitter. The team fought hard until the end. Picked up to lose, or they picked to lose by as little as 10 or as much as 14. Don't start bad-mouthing my minors team. Time to head back to the lab and work out a formula to beat the ranked UTSA Roadrunners, Minetto. 
Another tweet to get to. Minor Joe, who said who is six and one on Twitter. All I know is that I'll be there next week to support our conference champs. Hashtag Minor Strong. Ooh, optimist right there. DS uh, DTS. Danny Eats World tweets the show. They flirted with a win at the end, but too many mistakes and missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. Minor Joe tweets the show. We will win. UTSA will not go undefeated, and they will lose next week. Way to fight back Miners in this game. Garrett at Yancey1389 tweets the show. The Miners beat themselves, dominated the box score. So many damn mistakes. O-line had a very poor game. Team and fans will be left wondering what could have been if they don't allow that touchdown right before the half. Yeah, that's the ultimate yeah. what could have been, Sal. Everybody's going back to that one play, but it really is that kind of thing. It's uh, it's that pl- I mean, I guess well, it comes down to which play sticks out the most to you because there were a lot of plays that didn't help out the Miners. And also a bunch of drop passes today, Adrian. A sure. ton of drop passes. So just a variety of things in that game. But um. I'll tell you this much, the Miners, although this game is very important, there's still four more games on the schedule and two games that really stick out to me the most. I think you know which ones they are. It is the next game and the last game, Uh, two games that are going to have serious implications. So how can the Miners respond after after having a tough loss? And sensing the morale from Coach Dimmel, uh, the players – you know, also Colin Deaver, who is just uh, with them right now, all heard from Demo and some of the guys out there. He likes the way the morale is. So if they can respond well and have a good practice, I think that's another thing, too. Two games where we've heard Demo say they've had really good practices, um, they were able to dominate. So as crazy as it sounds, I think it all comes down to how they practice and yeah. prepare for this UTSA team. I know it's I just said how crazy and I'm now I'm gonna say cliche, but it just comes down to the the simple things because what was it that lost them the game today? A lot of those simple things. No, very true. Eight eight zero five seven six three. That's our telephone number. If you'd like to weigh in, six hundred ESPN El Paso. Also on Twitter, uh, more to get to on Twitter. Minor hype tweets the show. Okay, El Paso and UTEP fans, your minor football team can still take first place with a win next week. It's a home game show up and be loud home crowds can make the difference and be the difference maker hashtag minor talk Manny David tweets the show at Garcia underscore 25 good comeback to close the gap unfortunately minors fell short does this mean no college game day next week hashtag asking for a friend hashtag minor talk Uh, I wouldn't count it totally out I think it's pretty unlikely at this point but Mm -hmm. I just wouldn't count it totally out at least on my end you know what I have a hard time seeing as well Adrian is that that um, one there's a there's a variety of uh, pregame shows uh, so to speak and we we see a bunch of them out there right now there's the barstool one um, so many other college football types um, but what I have a hard time believing in is uh, college game day being here but those things start early in the morning and the game is game is not even until about ten. 12 hours after the start of college game day. Sure. So, I mean, what are you going to do between then? You could probably drive to Albuquerque and then back and still make it in time for the game. Yeah. No, that's a very good point. I like that. I like that. Uh, that that's totally right right there, Sal. Uh, Herman Flores tweets the show, team was flat most of the game. They can't wait to finally start playing with five minutes left. Hardison needs to stop throwing jump balls to double coverage and triple coverage. He could have easily had six picks today. There was a lot. You pointed yeah. out a lot, Sal. I mean, he could have been picked off several times for sure. Yeah. And when I look at this Miners offense, obviously there's talent all around, but it kind of just seems 
seems like it's home run or bust with this team. And sure. you, you, you look at the big plays that they have, yeah, they get them, but it comes at the expense of a near interception or two every other possession. And that's a scary thing with this offense. Yes, it can work, but it's not working right now. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Hey, uh, game day, 4 p.m. Mountain Time, ESPN+. Plus. That's Leo underscore minor fan tweets us. Man, at the end there, they have the capabilities. They show us flashes offensively. Just don't or just have to put it together and be consistent. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. But um, the problem is with this offense, it's not just that they're not consistent. Um, now now it's just they don't have a ground game. Let's call it what it is, Sal. They just don't. Um, Deion Hankins got lucky to have a 40-plus yard rush in this game, and that was probably the best rushing play they had. Maybe you can argue those Ronald Awat plays, mm-hmm. uh, the, the way that they were able to get some nice Ronald Awat runs, but that was it. I mean, other than that, they were probably averaging, what, a yard a carry, a two, two yards a carry. Like that. It was really bad at, at one point, and so they've got to figure out that ground game at some point that was supposed to be their strong point I don't get it I really I just don't yeah and I think going into this game uh, the commentators were mentioning um, how poor I don't want to say poorly but how not great that FAU run defense is but they showed up to play today and I think that defense is extremely talented they have guys all over the field but this uh, this and I mean FAU this FAU team is hitting a point in the season where they can start turning those things around and they're developing sort of that identity it's an aggressive defense with athletes on both sides of the ball and how about that guy Ford yeah He is quick, and um, if I can say this as well, when he was out of the game uh, in the first half after I think the first of the second series, uh, the Miners were able to hang, and fortunately they were able to stick around because Ford was not in the game. That guy's a game changer. Johnny Ford, 13 carries, 94 rushing yards, and a touchdown for Florida Atlantic today. Deion Hankins, 11 carries, 74, or actually 71 yards on the ground. Ronald Awat, 11 carries, 35 yards on the ground, and one touchdown in this game. More to get to on Twitter. Herman Flores tweets the show, College game day goes to towns that sell out stadiums every game. Also, schools that pack the show set with students. UTEP student section is always empty. Uh, good point right there. Guillermo Aguilar, they overlooked FAU to next week's match, and, maybe, uh, and it may have bit them in the axe. I like it. Maybe... Instead of focusing for college game day to come, UTEP needs to focus on getting decent attendance next week, seeing that the Canelo fight will be on. Hey, that's a good yeah. point too, man. I mean, how do you how do you compete with the Canelo fight in this town at times? I mean, people love their boxing. And, yeah. and it's not just boxing. People love other things. If you if you throw the minor inconvenience at people in El Paso. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, really. They'll, they'll find the excuse not to go. That's, that's a sad reality. King Eric. I love when King Eric uh, tweets us. He always checks in with us. Uh, shout out to King Eric. When was the last time this offense really did something this whole game? The run game is non-existent since the NMSU game. The penalties came back again, and yes, they fought till the end, but man, they can't settle for defensive bailouts mm-hmm. every time. Great points He's there right. by, by Eric. I feel like he got it spot on today. Yeah, it, you can't rely on the defense. We said this before. You can't rely on them night in and night out when they're out there on the field majority of the time. Yes, I think they are the best um, side of the ball when it comes to this football team. But at some point, something's got to give, and you got to be able to help those guys out. You have guys like, uh, back to the offense, of course, you have guys like Cowing, Gary, Hankins, Awat, um, Thompson. Shout out to Thompson. Amazing game today sure. as well. Uh, Smith. So many Hardison. I mean, can't forget the quarterback, right? right. Uh, you have him as well. Um, but when you have guys like that on your offense and uh, 
you're unable to put up the certain amount of points that you do when the defense is doing as great of a job as they are. Um, at some point, you got to be able to uh, to rely on that offense. And unfortunately, it was just too little, too late uh, tonight. But that doesn't mean that they can't strike every once in a while or get rolling. The talent is there. It's just a matter of finding that consistency. And that's the tough part. I'm with you on that, Sal. 880-5763. That's our telephone numbers. We continue here on Minor Talk 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter and online 600 ESPN El Paso.com. You could join us. Give us a call if you'd like to talk about this one. Florida Atlantic defeats UTEP 28-25. We're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, more phone calls, a lot of tweets to get to. Stay with us as Minor Talk continues, presented by the Oscar Arrieta Agency. Streaming worldwide through the 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. 600 ESPN El Paso is KROD El Paso, a Town Square media station. All right, welcome back to Minor Talk. He's Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Bradis. Florida Atlantic defeats UTEP 28-25. Miners drop to 6-2. This is their first loss in Conference USA. When's the, fir- when's the last time we've said uh, UTEP gets their first conference loss on October 30th? It's usually way earlier than that. It's usually uh, last week of September, first week of October, something like that. Yeah, I I promise I'm not trying to sound cheesy, but... I guarantee you, six and two sounds a lot better than two and six. Oh, I'm telling you, and man. And this on. is the reality: the Miners lose their first conference game of the season and uh, still have a chance to. Uh, they're still in the picture. Let me rephrase that: they're still in the picture for that conference USA West division. Let's let's be honest, man. This team is already bowl bound. Mm-hmm. That they've they've exceeded our expectations by a long shot. Because let's be honest, they they. Mm-hmm. This three-game stretch, we called yeah, it before. Right. Uh, after that, um, you know, Old Dominion victory, after the Southern Miss victory, we said this three-game stretch uh, between La Tech, Florida Atlantic, and UTSA is going to be tough. I said if UTEP wins one out of those three, that's a win, and they've already, uh, you know, they've already hit that margin for me. And I, I think a lot of fans want them to be uh, as successful as they can. They're mm-hmm. in the conversation right now for fighting for the Conference USA West Division. Um, UTEP has not been in this place in so long I mean you're talking about the early price days the mid 2000s where uh, price had those teams winning early into the season where they flirted with things like conference titles or at least conference title contention and that's something that UTEP is in right now and let's say let's say they drop it to uh, UTSA next week or whatever whatever ends up happening with UTSA Um, they've got North Texas and Rice which could be two wins as it looks like right now maybe one game's a trap game but Regardless, you're talking about a UTEP team that has a legitimate chance of winning eight games this year mm. and possibly winning nine if, was, they, if they beat uh, UTSA or UAB. I was just about to say that or the bowl game. There you go. There you go. I mean, at, at the end of the day, I think um, as it stands now, and and I say this knowing that this team is better than what I'm about to say, but... I think uh, six wins, a lot of people would have, you know, they'd celebrate that. But I do think this team has like eight, nine wins in them. Yeah, I do. And and, and that's the minimum, you know, somewhere around there. So this team is still, um, they're what, three, I don't know the fraction, but they have four games left. There's like a third of the season left. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. So this team's still pretty much uh, in the running for some of their better uh, 
games down the road that they have a shot in, in my opinion. I think they do. I, I think they could be competitive in all these games, and I think they have a chance to win in every single game that they have left on their schedule. So we'll see what ends up happening with the Miners. Back to Twitter. Joe Chacon, our friend, he tweets the show. What did we just watch? Seriously, I felt like this game was straight out of the Varsity Blues when they went and got tanked and took their <laughs> next opponent not seriously. Even my Bama fan neighbor was upset watching this. So much on the line, but we didn't convert. Brock is my OG. Shut up, Brock. That's my right. Bama fan neighbor was asking why they didn't try to do or why they did try to do a trick play at the end instead of getting the first and then spiking the ball and saving the clock. They had a chance to get in field goal range. Hashtag repping from Cali now. Hashtag my wife is listening. Hashtag we can win next week. Look, uh, yeah. we were talking about that too. Why do this like uh, dink and dunk play where you're going to try to do a lateral when there was 12 seconds on the clock, bad time management, 36 seconds left with UTEP having the ball. I knew UTEP wasn't going to be able to do it. They didn't have a timeout left, and UTEP hasn't been in a situation where they've been successful in, in uh, a late game situation like that. So, no, I didn't, yeah. I didn't have faith, to be honest with you. And also, Adrian, look at the way that uh, they were lining up on some of those plays, just completely shooting themselves in the foot by not knowing where to be, you know, different things like that. Uh, I think this team is better than that, that's for sure. But uh, just got to you got to be ready for those kind of moments. Joe Chacon follows it up. I was there when UTEP football defeated number 12 Houston, full house, seriously loud and goalposts coming down. It will happen again <laughs> next week, except it'll be UTSA football on the short end of the stick. Hashtag minor talk. Uh, I was there too mm-hmm. for number 12 Houston. Were you there? I was there. As a matter of fact, I was going to, uh, I was at Sol Ross, my, uh, wow. my, my first ever, you know, college experience, I guess. And then, um, Brought some friends down here. My roommate, who's also from El Paso, shout out to Jefferson uh, nice. High School. There go go. Foxes. Uh, my friend tough Jesse. Loss uh, tough loss, but uh, bounce back, baby. <laughs> Southside Pride. Uh, but yeah, we're, we both got to be roommates, and uh, we brought some of our friends uh, from Sol Ross, and they experienced that game and that season. Also, we'll jump back to the UH game, I promise. But uh, we also came in, I think, for that Wednesday or Thursday night broadcast against Tulsa, where it was another great game. That was also on ESPN. On right? ESPN, Donald Buckram was amazing. Roger Ray Walker in, in the Houston game with okay I'm getting carried away but uh yeah I was there I was there too I was uh I was there with my family and my friend Malcolm and uh we were so excited that they won I think that that game was mm-hmm. one of the best games I watched as a kid just uh in terms of excitement in terms of hype because I was yeah. old enough to just understand the magnitude of just how big this game was on te- on national television yeah. and that's a cool feeling right I mean how cool is it that all these players will get a chance to wa- uh, be televised on ESPN2 their families back home getting a chance to watch uh, you know all of this and not only that this is great for recruiting so much is yep. on the line for this UTSA game right here you have on one end Jeff Trailer who builds a program in UTSA pretty quick. He builds it with relationships that he's had uh, in the high school football ranks. Remember, Jeff Trailer has a Texas high school football coaching background, so that's where he knows a lot of these coaches, and that's where he comes into the system. He is able to turn things around at UTSA rather quickly. Dana Dimmel, totally different rebuild. At 1-10 the first year, 1-10 the second year, 3-5 and five in a pandemic-shortened season when maybe they could have won more games, but hey, they had a lot of guys out in certain 
certain games as well, and, and those mm-hmm. that they dropped. Uh, but this year, already bowl eligible, 6-2 and two on the season. It's taken some time, but it seems like they're getting there. Uh, totally different avenues for both these coaches, yet so much is on the line right here. Now, UTSA, they like to build it with their younger players. They like freshmen. They like getting high school guys. They like getting uh, graduate transfers. Look at all the D1 guys that they snagged in the transfer portal who are playing for them right now. Josh Atkins, backup quarterback. He's from uh, New Mexico State. He's on their team. Their receivers, they have one guy from Texas. He's a baller. I, I mean, they've got Sincere McCormick, the best running back in Conference USA. Oh, he's amazing. So UTSA's got some dudes on both sides of the ball. Uh, but Dana Dimmel, look at that junior college defense. It's all Juco guys. It's uh, Praise Amayule is probably the only guy who's not on that defensive front. Look, you got Jadrian Taylor, Kelton Moss, Keenan Stewart, Breon Hayward, uh, Tyrese Knight. You look in the secondary, Josh Caldwell, Walter Neal is from Kansas State, but before that, he was at a junior college. Uh, You look at Tyson Wilson. And on the other side, you even look at Davion Inyang for the sa- for the safety. That's junior college talent uh, that Dana Dimmel has been able to capitalize on. Diamonds in the rough. That's how he builds this program. Uh, UTEP, UTSA, so many cool storylines in this one. Yeah, and uh, I think it comes down to two coaches who have really uh, won over their guys. Yeah, I, And you see it in the way that they play. Know that the Miners fell by three on the road, but you saw how they were believing in each other in the end. And when we see teams uh, from UTEP's past. Uh, once you're kind of down like that, kind of cash it in, run out the clock, but they gave themselves a chance and in my opinion, the morale seems good for the game going up against UTSA, but switching over to UTSA, this is a team who's coming off of a, of a blasting win. I don't know what the final score was, like 34 nothing or 45 nothing over Rice, uh, but that's a team that's red hot right now. They know what they're doing, and I'm glad that you mentioned uh, the recruiting aspect. Dana Dimmel able to do it with guys who have that chip on their shoulder because they felt they've been overlooked, and then you look at Jeff Trailer, a guy who won recruiter of the year in 2016 from the Big 12. I think that's one of his best accomplishments and just looking down, uh, looking at his resume rather uh, that was either in his first or his second year as a coach in in any form in the college ranks. I mean, straight out of Gilmore High School, his uh, first year in 15-16 with Texas, and he's able to win. Yeah, so it was his first year, the Big 12 Recruiter of the Year, and he has some experience before with the Longhorns being their special teams tight ends coach, uh, running back coach in 2017 at SMU, and then 18-19 out at Arkansas as well. So this is a guy who has experience um, in the college ranks behind the scenes. So... I know he's the front, the guy in front right now calling all the shots for UTSA, but I think he's well-seasoned and has experience in all aspects. And uh, that's why that UTSA program is, is kind of like a well-oiled machine right now. And then on the other side, back to Dimmel, he's been at this for years as well, a guy who's experienced good days, ex- a lot of bad days as well, but now has his guys believing in the system, believing in the team, believing in everybody. No, it's it's very true. Now, I want to throw one other wrench in this one. Uh, there's been a lot of talk and rumors about uh, Jeff Trailer being linked to that Texas Tech mm-hmm. uh, vacancy. That's something to also monitor in this one. They're undergoing a bye week. UTSA, maybe they get distracted this week. I know they're, they've uh, refuted all the claims and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm sticking here, UTSA. We're building something bigger over here. Uh, and he's refuted all the rumors. So, uh, you know, I, I feel like for Jeff Trailer, I guess you, you're going to really have to see how they play next week to see if that's true or not. I'm just curious to see how yeah. that all goes. And I wonder if 
the um, I, I mean, I don't know if it'll have any play, rather, but something that sticks out in my mind is Texas Tech is staying in the Big 12 in a league that is really not going to look the same in a couple of years. There's still some really great teams. That's true. Out there, you know, there's Iowa State, who's a beast. Uh, so many other Houston's going over. I think they got the win over SMU today. Is that correct? Like uh, I, I'm not too sure. Uh, I think they did. I think it was like 44-37 or something okay. like that um, over a ranked SMU. So Houston's uh, going out there to that conference, but Big Twelve, you know, Oklahoma State. That's another one. Um, I wonder if Texas and Oklahoma leaving though. It's kind of kind of play any role in that because although they're not leaving till what like 24 right 25 well that's all also up in the air like exactly. when everybody could be any uh, you know leaving their conference yeah yeah and it's so crazy how even though it's not the longhorns or the sooners things like that might play a factor in some of these coaches decisions uh but also at the same time those opportunities don't come around every single day and sometimes you got to strike while the iron's hot i don't know if he wants to stick around at utsa who is moving to the aac as well so they have some way way brighter days ahead of them i don't know if he wants to be part of that and establish uh, utsa as a really solid team in the new conference they're going to. No, that's a good point. And, hey, you're talking conference realignment. Let's give everybody the latest for because we do know that NMSU, UConn, and Liberty are in talks with the Conference USA. They are in negotiations per Chris Vanini of The Athletic. This is a big story that we were following yesterday. As it stands, Conference USA has only five members. It's UTEP, it's La Tech, it's Western Kentucky, FIU, and Middle Tennessee. The only worry with Conference USA right now is that Middle Tennessee Tennessee and Western Kentucky are being courted by the MAC. Those are some uh, small rumors that are going on right now, although those have not been confirmed, nor has the MAC extended any sort of formal offers to Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee. It has not been clear whether or not that conference wants to expand or remain intact as it is. If they add uh, uh, Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee, they'd be going uh, south in a big way in that conference to expand. The Sun Belt is expected to grow to a 14-team league. They added Marshall they're adding uh, James Madison as soon as next week. Remember, they also took away Old Dominion out of mm, uh, Conference USA, right. so that's a big one to monitor. Sources also tell CBS Sports that Sam Houston State could be another addition for Conference USA out of the FCS ranks, so that's something to also monitor. But um, NMSU makes a lot of sense. That that obviously be a travel partner for UTEP. UConn left the American Athletic in 2020. Uh, they are satisfied in the Big East, so they will only do football if they join Conference USA. Liberty would do all sports along with NMSU, although Liberty's got a lot of controversy due to their administration's mm-hmm. political affiliations, and uh, that could be a, an interesting addition, or um, you know, just interesting to see how that one unfolds, as they kind of they have a lot of controversy around them. Again, Sunbelt will add Old Dominion. They added uh, Southern Miss earlier this week, Marshall, and they will probably add uh, James Madison. The, the two things that we really need to monitor is number one, what are the exit fees looking like and how quick yeah. is this going to be? Are we talking about 2023, the conference will reshape, or are we talking 2024? And this upcoming UTEP-UTSA game, it has a lot of implication when it comes to you know things like uh, conference realignment bragging rights, uh, for sure, uh, Sal. That's one of the big things that you can look at as well. 
Yeah, I mean, throughout the rest of this year, uh, Miners playing a lot of teams, so we're going over to a different... All the teams. Uh, every team them, they yeah. have next is leaving Conference USA. Yeah, and that's, um, I mean, that's in my mind for sure. I don't know if uh, some of those players out there are kind of feeling any sort of way where they want, you know, some sort of, they feel vengeful. That makes any sense. Sure. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's so crazy because we literally don't know what's going to happen with Conference USA. I mean, the the feeling is like this league might disband completely because it's going to be hard to go forward with, I think now three teams or, or five teams, something like that. Um, we don't know. And Conference USA just being unable to stay on the forefront of things and try to expand. It's been tough, but... At the end of the day, Conference USA has really put themselves in that position. They went from one of the more respectable conferences to uh, basically the worst or the laughingstock of sure. the entirety of uh, college football. I mean, the Sun Belt was able to jump over them in in a matter of it, it kind of feels like it just happened right before our very eyes. And you look at the teams over there with the Sun Belt, um, you know, Troy, you have um, Arkansas State. Uh, is App State in Sun Belt yes, as well? Yes, that's right. Appalachian State being able to do some things uh, over these last couple of years. They got the upset over, was it Coastal? Yeah, it was Coastal. Coastal. It was Coastal. I mean, so those games, and I know that because I saw it, guess what, on ESPN. That's right. <laughs> a, a, a different league game on ESPN. It's been a while since there was a Conference USA game on the, uh, on the TV. So it's just little things like that where – Conference USA games are always on CSTV, and I'm dating myself back. There's uh, CSTV, um, CBS Sports, uh, College Football, so many other networks that used to carry Conference USA games, but now it's like ESPN Plus, um, you know, streams online. Yeah, that's it. And that's pretty much it for Conference USA. It's a pretty whack TV deal altogether with no money behind it. So that's the biggest problem as well. Hey, uh, a lot of tweets pouring in. We're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, we're going to give some final stats. We're going to also wrap things up with our player awards. We've got our uh, drive of the game brought to you by the Osteradietta Agency and our Golden Nugget Award brought to you by Legacy Wellness CBD. You are listening to Minor Talk. Uh, uh, This is Minor Talk presented by the Osteradietta Agency only on 600 ESPN El Paso. Download the 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app now. Get all the latest in UTEP sports, UTEP athletic interviews, ESPN programming, and more. Touchdown! It's free thanks to United Bank. Welcome back to Minor Talk. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. He's Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Bradas. Together we bring you Minor Talk. A little quiet night tonight. I think minor fans checked out after they were down 28-10. They saw they were coming back. They checked back in briefly, and then they tuned out probably begrudgingly. They were they were a little mad on this one, Sal. And there's a I think there's a UFC fight going on today. Probably just wanted to catch. And a Locos game, Locos too. Locos game, that's right. They probably just wanted to catch the GOAT, uh, Azbula. Uh, that's I right. I love Azbula's great internet sen- uh, sensation. I favorite. love it, man. Uh, 880-5763, that's our telephone number as we continue here on Minor Talk. couple tweets to get to as well as we wind things down. Uh, Luca Miner tweets the show. He's now as Lugal on Twitter. Maybe it's a homer in me, but I think it was a good showing despite how the game went. They somehow had a chance to tie or win. It's true, they did have a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just couldn't execute on that final drive. Uh, Miner in Wisconsin beat U- UTSA and take over first place in the West Division. Hey, that's exactly right. That could that could definitely happen. Another one. 
Joe Chacone, he's excited for the show and didn't know how to get into y'all. Hashtag Bama fan. And it's Kevin Tate who tweeted, please explain that busted trick play at the end. I mean, UTEP had the momentum and called an off-the-wall play when they could have just tried for a long pass. I'm with yeah. you. Just try a deep pass to Jacob Cowan. Get him to go out of bounds and kick a field goal. Yeah. At least give yourself a, tra- a chance. I, I can't remember exactly how much time was left, but it's possible there might have been some time to get the first down. Yeah. Run as soon as uh, soon as you sense. As a matter of fact, just run as soon as the guy's trying to get the catch. That that way you could go ahead and give the ball to the ref. Clock stops when uh, they're trying to move the chains. Then once it's set, maybe it burned like one, two seconds and trying to get that off. May have been tough, but gave themselves a lot better chance uh, to do that than what actually happened. Minor Joe tweets to show rookie mistakes next time. He will know that you can't fall on that win with the time winding down. Uh, that's with uh, Gavin Hardison falling on the snap. Joe Jacone tweets us, anyone else see this loss still as a victory, seeing how we can still beat UTSA and be a conference champion? Get that L out of the way and go into next week fired up and get that W. But please, UTEP football, let's see some sick <laughs> alternate unis for primetime. This is the way. Hashtag I love the show. Hashtag minor talk. Uh, we're calling it right now. Texas Western unis next week. Texas Western unis the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm That's with what you. I want. I like it. Uh, King Eric um, actually, we read this tweet already. A nerd in a hat at J tweets us: Someone drank their old own Kool Aid when rega- regarding uh, UTEP. Jonathan Byers tweets us: Offensive capability is not based on numbers; it's based on abil- uh, ability. Tonight, UTEP's offense proved that they are mediocre, and the defense pr- has proven that they are consistent and legit. Next week, the defense will prove whether they are just decent or good. Although you should fully expect UTSA to light the defense up at some point in the game Ooh, man there you go from yeah. jonathan byers we'll see ed mcdonald tweets us i just wanted to mention that jim center said tickets were pacing good and he predicted having the largest crowd utep's had in the last seven years good point ed he did say that that uh, tickets are pacing well we'll see what happens next week when utep hosts number 23 utsa in a very meaningful game out at the sun bowl hey uh let's run down some stats from this game some key ones uh to get to when we're talking about total yards of offense, UTEP actually outgained Florida Atlantic 454 to 279. They had 339 passing yards in this game, 150 for FAU. Running the ball was tough for UTEP. They still managed to get 115 on the ground. Gavin Hardison was 23 of 46, 46 pass attempts. 46, I I repeat, again, Mm. 339 passing yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and the two interceptions were untimely interceptions for sure. Deion Hankins led them on the ground, 71 rushing yards, no touchdown, but he averaged 6.5 yards per carry. Tyron Smith, we said it, led the way, four four catches, 114 receiving yards, and Justin Garrett, seven catches, 110 receiving yards for him in this game. Uh, More to get to out of team stats in this one. We talked about penalties. Utah had 12 penalties for 85 yards. Uh, FAU had nine penalties for 84 yards. So they had a lot of penalties too. Let's be fair. Uh, UTEP ran 76 plays. They won time of a possession, 35 minutes, 26 seconds to 24 minutes and 34 seconds to uh, uh, that FAU had. UTEP had two interceptions in this game. They were minus two in the turnover margin. Four of 17 for third down, uh, where FAU is two for 15. So both teams weren't very good on third down. But fourth down was different. FAU converted three of four on fourth down, and UTEP converted three of five. But it felt like FAU, they had a three for three start, and those 
were very significant. They got those mm-hmm. uh, fourth down conversions where they really needed them. Yeah, and uh, we're also able to get touchdowns on two of those, if I'm not mistaken. So FAU really able to take advantage of uh, of the little momentum gainers and, you know, really cash it in at the end. And uh, with Perry, one of them that sticks out to me the most, and I'm not too sure if this was on the fourth down or a third down to get them to fourth and short, um, but there was a play where Praise – you know, he had him, and Perry just kind of did this little fake, and uh, he was able to move up the field. And I, matter of fact, that might have been in the final drive of the first half. Yeah, so, I think that's right. Uh, that played a factor, and uh, with a guy like Perry, who's going to be able to buy some extra time because he's just that quick and experienced, um, it really hurt the Miners tonight. No, it really did, and I, I don't know what's going to end up happening, how the Miners bounce back. Uh, this, I hope they come back hungry this week. I hope this practice mm-hmm. week is good, just like you said, Sal. And Hey, they got UTSA next week. It's a huge one. No, big time. And if they're able to uh, solidify a lot of those uh, or correct a lot of those mistakes in practice, uh, they'll feel real good about going into this game. We've seen this minor team, uh, with the exception of Boise State, but we've seen them come out hot. We've seen them roll on offense. Um, I mean, today they, they started out really well, just were unable to get the touchdown in the opening drive. But if they can set the tone early on and build on that throughout the game, you know, they'll give themselves a chance. That That's all they need. As long as the offense is able to put up some points and help out that defense, we know the defense will show up. It's just a matter of the offense kind of, you know, matching what the defense is doing. Yeah, give me if, something. If they could do that, Adrian, this team could be just leaps and bounds better. But um, on offense, it's kind of just like you know, strike here and there. The talent's there, though. That's the crazy thing. No, it re- it's there. It, the talent is there for this UTEP team. They have they have the ability to win this game uh, next week. So I'm curious to see how they come back. The theme of this week is going to be you know redeeming themselves in a game that they feel like mm-hmm. they should have won tonight. But UTEP falls 28-25. Let's get to some awards today on the show. First off, with our Oscar Arieta drive of the game, uh, this one had to start off with the miraculous onside kick that was actually recovered by UTEP after they were down 28-18. to 18. They get this miracle onside kick. Now they shift back to the left, and here's the kick towards the left. It takes the big bounce you're looking for. Free ball. They got it, Tysh. UTEP's got it. Miners did recover. I can't believe they still did that. That set up a touchdown play for the UTEP football team. It was a deep bomb from Gavin Hardison to Tyron Smith, who ends up being our Golden Nugget Award. Tyron Smith, player of the game tonight, career best 114 receiving yards, including this 49-yard touchdown catch uh, from Gavin Hardison. Tyron Smith to the right. Hardison looks left. Now steps, throwing long to Tyron Smith, who's open. He's got it the five. Tyron Smith's into the end zone. Touchdown, Miners! How did Tyron Smith get so wide open? Yeah, he really did get wide open. Mm -hmm. There's an argument Breon Hayward should have been the player of the game, linebacker for UTEP. 14 tackles, Mm -hmm. a pass breakup, and a quarterback hurry. He was balling out tonight. Yeah, and you know what's crazy, Adrian? As, As poorly as some of the efficiencies mattered, I guess, uh, FAU only putting up 28. Yeah, you know? that's, that's true. And the Miners' defense broke on a couple of plays, but in the end, they were still able to uh, give that offense and give the team a chance. I mean, they, they get the stop to give the Miners the ball back to even have a chance down three with like 30-something seconds left. So um, they're in it to win it. 
they just didn't happen tonight. No, you're exactly right on that. Again, a pair of receivers have 100 uh, yards in this one. We're going to give our award to Tyron Smith out of this one. First off, with the Oscar Etiette, the agency, they can help you out when it comes to home, auto, or life insurance. Check them out online at the OscarAdietheAgency.com. And for the Legacy Wellness CBD, you can check them out next to Upper Valley Urgent Care on the corner of Red and Donovan. I recommend their CBD, their Delta 8 for all your football watching this weekend. If you have a few drinks during the game, maybe a few drinks after. No one wants to experience a rough hangover that next day. A couple drops of their full-spectrum CBD tincture before bed should help out with any of the hangover for next day. Stop by their store at 120 East Red Road by Upper Valley Urgent Care. That's Legacy Wellness Center. Check them out online, LegacyWellnessCenter.com. 880-5763. That's a telephone number if you'd like to duck in a late call. Uh, we're going to probably wrap this one up right here. Miners fall. They fall to 6-2 and two on the season. They turn the page next week. Biggest game of the year, number 23, UTSA, comes into town. It'll be Saturday, November 6th, 8-15 start for that game. And uh, the Miners, um, you know, it's a, a lot on the line for them. They really want to win this one. They want to cement themselves, and they want to be in the conversation to try to win the Conference USA West Division, Sal. Yeah, they know how important this game is, and something tells me that even after this game, uh, no matter the outcome, still want to bounce back, and they know how important those games against North Texas, the game against Rice, and eventually the regular season finale against UAB is going to be because there's more football to be played after that. If this team is able to consistently have great practices and improve as well, I I think something that should be said uh, for this game, and I'll get back to the point I was going to make uh, originally, but as good as the Miners have been all season, Every single game is another piece of film for the opponent to work off of. And just like uh, FAU was able to take advantage of that in today's game, Miners are able to take advantage of another game from uh, from UTSA, albeit a blowout over Rice. Uh, but nonetheless, the further that these teams get into the season, the more that there is going to be, uh, the more content a team will have uh, to prepare for that game. And then back to my original point, um, this is a big game for the Miners. They know it. And uh, throughout the rest of this season, the games are only going to get bigger, no matter the record. So they understand how important these games are. And that's what I like. Yeah, they're in the mix. They're definitely in the mix, man, for the West Division. That's the biggest thing for this UTEP football team. More that you could say in a long time. And that they are in the conversation for that. Uh, they've well overachieved over uh, my expectations. And that's for sure. Hey, that'll do it for us here on Minor Talk for Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Broadus. Thank you so much for listening. Appreciate all the Twitter uh, mentions that we got today. Today. And also, I uh, want to say that you can check out our podcast also, 600 ESPN El Paso Minor Talk, wherever you get your podcast, listen to us on demand as well. For Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Brada saying so long, good night, and thank you for listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Adi at the Agency, only on 600 ESPN El Paso. been listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Adieta Agency. Pick up a clear bag at any one of their seven locations across El Paso. If you missed any of Minor Talk, listen to the show on demand by downloading Minor Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Down to national. Sports spoken here. 
600 ESPN El Paso is KROD El Paso, a Town Square Media Station.